and welcome to K Sarah Sarah, the FA Cup podcast which takes you closer to some of the most fascinating stories surrounding the oldest cup competition in football. It might have started over 150 years ago, but the FA Cup is still something that so many people care about, and that is precisely what this podcast will aim to show. I'm your host, George Wilson, and I'll look to bring you interviews and discussion in every single episode. So it's the quarterfinal preview. It's back to the more traditional weekend FA Cup action rather than the midweek that we had for round five, although what a round five it was. But it's a weekend, as I said, and it's going to be a weekend where some Premier League games will also be taking place as well as Championship League One and League Two. And if you're a player or fan of Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspur or Southampton, for example, you're probably going to be wishing you were still fighting it out for the FA Cup trophy rather than being simply in league action. That's how I see it anyway. As it happens, there are just four Premier League teams left in the competition and we can be certain that they won't all be making it to Wembley for the semi-finals too. We'll come on to that a bit later. One of the four sides left in it are six-time FA Cup winners Manchester City. They were the first team out of the hat in the sixth round draw. And their game will be the first game to take place this weekend as well. They'll be taking on championship runaway leaders Burnley on Saturday evening. As I said, the first of four ties across the weekend. In episode 11, we covered a bit of a Blackburn Rovers angle, who are of course still left in it themselves. So I thought for this episode, it was probably only fair, given that Blackburn's bitter rivals Burnley are also still involved in this year's competition, that we focus in on the Clarets a little bit. The prospect of going to the Etihad can be daunting for any opposition side, I think that's fair to say. So I caught up with Burnley fan Adam Dennett to find out how he's feeling ahead of the game and also to find out if he rates his team's chances or not. Adam, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a quite remarkable season at Turf Moor after so much change last summer involving players and managers. I wanted to ask you, first of all, did you see it coming? Did you think it would be such an enjoyable season when Vincent Company came in in the summer? Or has it surprised you in some ways that you've romped on your way to that championship title, which admittedly isn't confirmed yet, but it looks like it will be in the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's been it's been an absolutely brilliant season, to be honest. And no, I didn't didn't see it coming uh, whatsoever. I uh, didn't really know what to expect with all the changes last summer. Uh, it was always going to be difficult whenever Dice did leave. Um, a lot of Burnley fans, including myself, were surprised by the decision, just mainly because of how well we've done in the Championship under Dice in the past. Um, and I were definitely in the Daishin camp and thinking, who else would we want to try and bring us back? Uh, mm-hmm. But the the new owners um, took quite a lot of flack for um, for the for the changes that they made last season. Obviously, had a different vision for it. I were actually I were really happy when we did bring company in because I think we needed someone who was going to bring their own stamp on it and wasn't just going to um, like pander to what Daesh had done over the years and just give us a bit of a diluted version of that. So mm-hmm. that I was really happy for, with that from the off, but still with such a big player turnover 
staff turnover, new division. We really didn't know what to expect. There were all the stories in the summer about financial implosion after, again, because of the takeover being a leveraged buyout, um, placing debt on the club that we haven't had debt for over a decade since we first got to the Premier League. Um, but it just got too big for the previous owners. They couldn't compete anymore and it did need to happen. But yeah, it's it's been... It took a couple of months for us to get going and everyone knew that would probably be the case. There were quite a frustrating first couple of months where um, the football was slow. It would just seem, seem like we were passing from side to side. And after seeing such direct football for so long, where we did show really good intent going forward, albeit long ball sometimes, mm. um, it, it did take some getting used to. But now it since probably October, November time, and it's really clicked. Um, it's it's been an absolute joy to watch. Top scorers in the league, I think we're one one of the best defense in the league as well. It's we've just got the balance bang on. Uh, obviously, a lot's been made about the money we've spent, but we've brought a lot of. Um, we did sell a lot of players in the summer as well, and there's quite a big uh, profit made in the summer. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, unbelievable job by everyone involved from the chairman through to the manager, players, and all the supporters have really enjoyed it, really got behind it. And it's easy to um, get too worried and you see teams do fade away, Stoke, Swansea. People wanted us to come down and win more games, but there's no guarantee you're going to get back first time. So really, really happy that it looks like we are going to do and really interested to see what, how we'll get on next season. No, no matter what happens in the Premier League season, it'll be different to what we've been used to um, mm-hmm. in the past. So, yeah, all good at the minute. And I'll chat to football about anyone, uh, to anyone. <laughs> I'm sure you will. It's hard um, from the outside looking in not to be massively impressed by Burnley, I have to say. I think the recruitment especially, because um, supporting another team who came down with Burnley last year kind of the comparison in terms of what you've done with the money both from parachute payments but from sales as well I know companies knowledge of the Belgian league probably helped in that sense but yeah it's been unbelievably impressive at the time of recording which is the 13th of March so we're about five days off the Man City game I found these stats from your podcast Twitter page which we'll come on to mention you're 14 points at most from ceiling promotion and it's 18 points at most for the championship title. So the question I'm kind of asking is, would there almost be a bit of a sense of disappointment at this stage if you didn't get to that 100-point mark? Does it feel like does it feel like you have to get there after, after witnessing such a good season? Because you, you kind of know at this point that you're going up, don't you? Or, or, or would it be wrong to say that? I think... Normally, I'm quite on the pessimistic side of um, of things and probably just tick one thing off at a time. But the way this season's gone, you can't help but get carried away with um, with what we're watching. And I, I would actually, I wouldn't be disappointed regardless of what happens as long as we get the title. But mm-hmm. I think we it would be a shame if we didn't get to the hundred point mark. And there's a few very optimistic Burnley fans who have still got Reading's hundred and six point record um in the sites and and want us to try and go for that but that'd be mm-hmm. i think it's uh 26 points we'd need to equal that from 10 games so that'd be um that'd be some going even even given 
um, given the season we've had. But yeah, 100 points would be a really good marker to get to. I didn't think we'd have um, as good a season as we've had in the Championship the last two times we managed to get promoted. So uh, yeah, to match that and then hopefully beat that is yeah, really, really, yeah, it's been amazing. I suppose with that um, Reading record, to me, that feels like a case of when promotion and the title is secured, maybe it'd be a case of making the players stop on their celebrations because if if they were to if they were to get on the beer, that can sometimes have an effect on the games that follow afterwards. I, I wonder how much that is kind of spoken about behind the scenes. Uh, do, do you know if players and company have been asked about it at all? All all they ever say is next game, next game, next okay, game. Yeah, so yeah, all yeah. you hear from um from any team doing well um at the moment. So who knows? But I'm sure I'm sure they'll um they'll all be aware of it. So and and if they um why not aim for history when, when we've had such a good run, especially from from November, we're unbeaten in I think it's sixteen league games now, uh unbeaten at home all season, which we were talking about before. Um, so it's just a shame that we didn't get that home tie in the uh, in the quarter final that we all desperately <laughs> wanted. Yeah, you've as you said there, you've done so well in the league, but very well in the FA Cup this season as well. And it's twenty years since Burnley last made the quarterfinals. You mentioned there you maybe didn't get the tie you wanted, but up to this point, it, have the Burnley fans relished this run? Because twenty years is quite a long time, isn't it? Particularly when you've had quite a few of those in the top flight when you might be more expecting a run of these to come around more often. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, the fans have definitely embraced it. And I think the re- the last couple of months in the league have made it easier for the fans to get excited about it because for the last decade, all it's been about has been the league. And Daesh has always said the league has to come first. And we've had some shocking results in the FA Cup um, I think the last time we got to this stage, um, well, sorry, the, the last time we had a good chance to get to this stage was uh, we played Lincoln in round five in 2017 and they were in mm-hmm. non-league at the time. And Daesh didn't put out the strongest side, but should have still been strong enough. And we lost 1-0 late on and we didn't deserve anything that day. And the the how flat everyone was then. And we've we've lost to lower league sides since, that's what I say, lower league. Uh, we've lost the teams in lower divisions to us, uh, I think, in the last three seasons, maybe. I think it was Huddersfield last year, Bournemouth the year before when they were in the Championship. And then I think, actually, it was Norwich uh, the year before that. And that might have been mm-hmm. round five, actually, as well, um, at home when we were both struggling in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I think it was 2-1 at Turf Moor, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, uh, But, yeah, there's, it's, it's been hard to get excited about. Um so I think that makes it even more um, exciting now. Companies all like really speaks highly of the FA Cup, whereas Daesh always talks it down. Um, obviously, his experience in the competition, winning it, um, I don't know how many times he's won it. I think he's won it numerous times. It, it, and against against Bournemouth in round three, um, we did put out a really strong side. We had Zaruri, Barnes, Benson up top, Howell Bellis, um, got injured that game, which we thought might be a big blow, but Ekdal's come in and done done really well. But we we started pretty much a full team in that game against Ipswich and um, in both games against Ipswich and against Fleetwood. We have rotated quite a few mm-hmm. players, um, 
but not to the extent that we've seen previously, but we've we've still managed to get through. So I think um yeah, it'd be great eight like nearly eight thousand fans at the Etihad this weekend. We would have preferred another draw to get to have a better chance to get to Wembley, but I'm sure we'll be leaving it all out there um at the weekend. You mentioned there the Etihad is where you're heading to, which is probably the toughest draw you could have got. I think the bookies still make Manchester City the favourites to win the competition with eight teams left in it. But it feels like, from the outside at least, I say again, it feels like this Burnley side just don't know how to lose. I don't think you've lost this calendar year in any competition. That must provide some sort of encouragement going into what is clearly a tough game, but surely the opposition doesn't matter that much when kind of the, the mentality is is what it is. Yeah, do you, do you see that having any sort of effect on Saturday? Um, yeah, I think we've we've got to be positive going into it, given, given how we've been playing and how we've uh, dominated a lot of games and have so much control in a lot of games. But I think the warning for me is that um, we went to Old Trafford um, in the last 16 of the of the Carabao Cup uh, mm. after we'd been on a similar run um, and they would, it was their first game back after the World Cup so you're thinking oh they could be a bit leggy and within within five or ten minutes we'd, we'd been dominating games for the last couple of months maybe within five or ten minutes you could see the difference in levels and right. and you could just see yeah this, this is going to be a lot bigger challenge than what we faced at um, at any point in the league this season, uh, we did we competed well. We lost two nil. Bit of brilliance from Ericsson and Rashford um, with a difference in the end. But we did have chances that game, albeit mainly when we had gone two nil down. Uh, but we we had a go. Um, so I'd, and I can't see our mentality changing for the weekend. Um, I think the fact that it's an international break afterwards probably doesn't help us in terms of how City will approach the game. Um, because obviously they've not got a big Champions League game in the following midweek or anything like that. Um, but it'd be interesting to see their lineup. They'll have to be at their probably underperform. We'll have to be at our absolute best to have any chance. But mm-hmm. we can go there, have a have a good time. No, there's no pressure on us. No one's expecting us to actually go and get a result. Just um, yeah, see see what happens, and we might get our trip to Wembley after all. I'm sure you know full well as. Anyone listening to this will know all eyes are going to be on Vincent Company throughout Saturday afternoon. I think we know now that the normal BBC coverage is going to be there. So God knows how many montages they're going to have, etc. Um, but what I wanted to come on to ask you was Company worked under Pep Guardiola. He will also, since leaving, have surely kept a really close eye on everything that goes on there he'll be he'll be aware of their systems he'll he'll be aware of kind of the the things that make different players tick in that team are those the kind of little edges that you might need to kind of turn that tide that you were saying about city maybe needing to underperform and you to overperform it's is that something you're thinking about or is it is it hard to think too much about that i think it, it will be it'll bring a a different element to um to the game that you wouldn't have normally have like you said having someone who's basically been on the inside of that dressing room uh for so many years and you can see 
like watched a lot of analysis on on Manchester City systems over the years, and and we've seen it with our own eyes this year. Getting and we've got better and better as as the season's gone on. Um, like the buddy wing wing backs ending up in centre midfield, and uh, yeah, people just pop up all over the pitch, and other teams just don't know what to do. But mm-hmm. um, I think it obviously it's it's probably like watching. Um, a world champion heavyweight boxer against a world champion middleweight boxer. It's <laughs> they've both got the skills, but I think the you've got to expect that City will have too much for us on the day. Um, but we're still we're still only nine months into this into company's reign, and mm-hmm. I think and obviously it'll have an, another full preseason, and it'll be interesting to see how we compete against the Premier League sides. Hopefully, if we have got there, fingers crossed, we have got there <laughs> um, next season. But I think right now, it's a free hit, and and yeah, it's just a game we can we can really look forward to. And um, and like I said before, with the teams that are left in the competition, I'd have wanted anyone but City. Obviously, United away probably would have wanted to avoid, but it seemed like a really, really good chance to get get to Wembley. So it is disappointing, but we'll still have our day out and. Um, and yeah, that that I'm sure everything will be in the build-up will be about company, and rightly so. I think there's already been chat about um, eventually replacing Guardiola, and and I can only see company going on to do um, great things in in management because he's he's already shown that he can put his stamp on things, and um, and he's just so professional, so calm. When we have had bumps in the road this season, when we lost at Sheffield United. You wouldn't know by interviewing him after the game the difference between that result and when we beat Blackburn three nil is um is yeah, he's a colossal figure. And yeah, I think the longer we can keep hold of him, um, the more successful we'll be and um and yeah, the better for, for Burnley. And I know you've had several championship matches to get through and they've still got one more away at Hull in this midweek before company will start to properly be asked these questions about the city trip but you you kind of hinted there at what he's like in the media how do you think he'll approach it when he's asked about it in the build-up is he is he likely to play up to it or do or do you think it'll be very much um a bit of tunnel vision kind of focusing no, on Burnley etc no I, th- I think he will uh get involved in the in the romance of it to be honest like before mm-hmm. Um, before the Derby games this season, especially the Blackburn game, which is massive, um, massive for us around here. Um, yeah. he really he built that up more than more than any other manager has. Obviously, maybe we're more confident going into it, but he's he, he said, "I'm not going to show respect to Blackburn. There are there are biggest rivals. Why should I show? Why should I show him respect? It's a cup final for us. We need to go into it and give give it everything. This is for the fans. All that all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, yeah, we've not we've been used to just another game, just another three points. Got to approach it the same way um, with previous managers. So I, I, th- I think he will um, get involved in it. Is is yeah, he has been quite open with with the media as well uh, this season before games, and um, yeah, I, I don't see why he, why he wouldn't do because, um, like you said, it's a, it's a dream match up on on the outside for the neutral. Uh, not so much probably for us at, as Burnley fans. We've been to the Etihad and since get stuffed many a time, including two times in the FA Cup 
um, in the last few years. One of them, we were, I think we were seventh when we finished seventh in the league. Um, and you could actually say, oh, yeah, we'll have a go this year. And then we drew Man City away in the third round. It's like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be different. Uh, we're used to going up there and sh- trying to shut up shop and being one nil down in five minutes and game over. But I'm, um, yeah, I'm sure it won't, won't play out like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to watching the build up and um, and seeing us in the spotlight. I think we get a lot different media coverage with company in charge than we have done mm-hmm. um, with all the stuff around, like I don't, I don't know, as I say, about Brexit ball dice and <laughs> uh, die, like being a dinosaur and playing this horrible brand of football. And it's it, it's actually nice to have quite a lot of positive things about Burnley in the media. Um, so yeah, look forward to seeing how that plays out this week mm-hmm. after Hull. <laughs> after Hull, precisely. And as you already alluded to, just under 8,000 Burnley fans making that trip. So I'm sure regardless of how the result goes, it's going to be a fun afternoon. I'll ask you then, Adam, for a score prediction, if you wouldn't mind. I, I know your mind's on Hull, but I I, th- I thought I'd ask you because this might be going out on the same day as Hull or maybe the day after. If you If you like, you can give me one with your head and one with your heart, I don't mind. Or you can just give me one. I don't know what you're thinking. I should have probably looked this up before, but is it? Um, <laughs> is it? Does it have to finish on the day? Or yeah. Is, so there's, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no replays time. again. No, no. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah no yeah, replays. No it, it'll go to extra time. Yeah. Right. There we go. We're going to draw one all and win on penalties. <laughs> but no, I th- realistically, I think um, we'll go give it a go and probably lose two or three one, but. Yeah, I'll be dreaming of the uh, the penalty victory. We've been we've been to Stamford Bridge and won on penalties. Um, we've been we've been to these grounds before and got good results over the years. So why not? Yeah, I don't. That is I really, Ted v. Hart. <laughs> I really, I really don't think it's out of the question. And I think the fact that they've got a big Champions League game. I think they're playing on the Tuesday, aren't they? So the night before you play at Hull. But I'm I'm not convinced that one will be easy for them either. So I think there's a chance it's maybe extra time for them on Tuesday. And I don't know, if if that doesn't go their way, that can maybe lead into the weekend. I don't know, maybe I'm just romanticising it because I do an FA Cup podcast and I'd like to see it. But um, yeah, that's kind of where my head's at a few days in advance, but we shall see how it goes. Anyway, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. I can't let you go without mentioning the No Nay Never podcast and newsletter, which you um, contribute to and appear on. What can you tell me about the podcast and what people can find over there? And yeah, where can they find it as well? Yeah, so you can find us on, um, it's at No Nay Never on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. Um, We do a preview show, an analysis show every week, uh, before, Mm -hmm. before and after every game. Uh, we do special podcasts. We've had former chairman on, former players. Ian Wright's been on. Jordan North's been on. Bit of a celebrity side, but <laughs> um, yeah, all things Burnley. We try and support uh, the local community as much as we can. Um, like BFC in the community, I promote their work and um, and all the food banks and and uh, and stuff. But uh, yeah, give us um, give us a listen um, and yeah, 
then that's uh that's about it for uh for where you can find us but no it's um it's been i've been on it a couple of years now and i've, I've really enjoyed it and it's it's just great interacting with other burnley fans opposition fans and just just football fans in general and jordan north can't have had a happier place this season than <laughs> i'm Turf sure yeah he's been there a few times i think <laughs> I couldn't resist uh, a, a pun like yeah, that. Nice. Um, yeah, so like Adam said, go and check that out um, and we shall see what happens on Saturday. BBC One, I think it is, isn't it? So yeah, yeah should be a good one. Hosted by Gary Lineker. If you ask me, it's definitely good news that Mr Lineker will be back in the chair for the weekend as I was beginning to fear for the coverage that some of the games were supposed to be getting on the BBC. But Thanks again to Adam for chatting to me ahead of Saturday's match. There are a couple of things to cover before we move on to think about the other three ties. First of all, after I've finished recording with Adam, he dropped me a message to say he'd forgotten to highlight something, which is just how good Burnley's squad depth is right now and has been this season compared to in previous campaigns. And he says that's probably been a big factor in how they've progressed to this stage and haven't done in previous seasons. I said I'd make sure to mention that because I think it's definitely a relevant point, not just looking at this season, but also thinking about next season because Burnley are probably going to need a similar level of squad depth if they want to survive going back into the Premier League. It's clear just how strong their team is, but the Premier League is, of course, a level up. So, yeah, I, I thought that needed mentioning and thank you to Adam for messaging me to add that on because it's always good to have that extra bit of insight what I also need to address are the comments I made just there at the end of that interview about Manchester City's game against RB Leipzig I said I envisaged it being a bit of a tough evening for them because the first leg was fairly tight Leipzig held them fairly well and I thought that if Manchester City were to be stretched against Leipzig that could help Burnley out well since I've said that the Leipzig game has been played and conveniently for me, Manchester City romped to a 7-0 victory. Erling Haaland got five of them, if you haven't already seen. Quite remarkable, but it wasn't as tight as I was um, suggesting it might well have been. So I was proven very wrong with that and I'm sure any Burnley fans watching the game probably wouldn't have enjoyed it very much knowing that they're going to have to face City on the weekend but Saturday is a different day, I suppose. We'll see what happens. But Vincent Company's return to Manchester City, as I said, is on Saturday evening. And then the other three ties are on Sunday afternoon, all on TV and all different times. So let's have a look at them. At midday on Sunday, it's an all-championship tie at Bramall Lane between Sheffield United and Blackburn Rovers. It's two teams who have both had pretty positive seasons up to now, both in the league and the FA Cup, and both will be really eager to make it to Wembley. And the reason I know this is because I spoke to the lovely Linz Lewis last week, Blackburn Rovers fan, in episode 11. If you're interested in hearing about what this game could entail in a bit more detail, then I'd urge you to go and listen to that. We went into good detail about Blackburn specifically. And, you know, as I said, they're desperate to get to Wembley. Blackburn probably in particular, having never visited the new Wembley, but I won't go into too much on that. I'll just direct you towards that once you finish listening to this. Since that episode was recorded, the two sides have played each other in the league 
in what some labelled a bit of a dress rehearsal for this weekend, if you like, and Blackburn came out on top in that one. So read into that as much or as little as you like. So that one's at midday, then at 2.15pm English time, this is, on Sunday. It's Brighton and Hove Albion against Grimsby Town. This season's competition will forever be remembered for the fantastic run that League Two Grimsby have been on. I'm sure that's going to be the case, regardless of how this weekend goes. But I've got little doubt that the Mariners will be taking this Sunday incredibly seriously. I've worked out it's 84 years since Grimsby Town last made the FA Cup semi-finals and they are one victory away from getting there again. And I think it's just over 4,600 away supporters who are going to be making the trip down to the South Coast on Mother's Day as well. That's quite a number. It's something I thought needed mentioning because it, it is something that people think about and should think about. And that also means there'll be a similar number of Harry Haddock inflatables making that trip down once again. Um, it's not going to be an easy task for Grimsby, of course, because Brighton are really well organised as a team and they're very dangerous too. Really good to watch, I always find, as a neutral. And they'd equally love to make it to Wembley once more in this competition, like they did under Chris Hewton just a few years ago. So a lot on the line in, in that one. Obviously a huge day for Grimsby, but equally Brighton will really want to make it through. And then to wrap it all up, on Sunday afternoon, 4.30pm, it's the only All-Premier League tie of the round, Manchester United welcoming Fulham to Old Trafford. Fulham, like Brighton, have had a really positive campaign and that's a game they're going to be really keen to get through because I think it's 21 years since they last made the FA Cup semi-finals. As for Manchester United, it's another home draw for them. They're very used to being drawn at home in the domestic competitions recently. It's fair to say that United's chances of winning the Premier League are all but over, I'd say, but they'll still be keen to go as far as they can in both the FA Cup and the Europa League. The Carabao Cup, of course, already sewn up. They've already got their hands on a trophy. They'll be keen for a couple more before the season's up. That's all four ties covered. As there's only four to get through, I thought this episode would maybe be a good time to share how I think all four games are going to go. As much as I'd like to see Burnley win at the Etihad, for Adam's sake, I do think Manchester City will just about come through that one. I think it'll finish 2-1. I think it'll be tighter than Adam maybe thinks it might be. As for Sunday, I think Sheffield United against Blackburn is really tough to call, probably the toughest of the lot. But I think Rovers might just edge it, purely because the Blades' form has been a bit sketchy of late in the league. They're starting to let Middlesbrough creep towards them, although they did have a really good win on Wednesday night at Sunderland. But I'm going to go for a 2-1 Blackburn away win, although I think it might go to extra time. But I'll say 2-1 Blackburn in extra time. Then moving on to Brighton against Grimsby. I think Brighton will just be too strong for Grimsby to handle at the Amex. To me, that finishes 3-1 to Roberto De Zerbi's men. I, I hope Grimsby do get that goal to celebrate because they're travelling all that way. That would be nice. But yeah, I do just think Brighton will be just too much for them. And Man United's form at Old Trafford this season has been 
really, really impressive. So I think it's hard not to back them against Fulham. I'm going to go for a 2-1 home win in that game. So that means my semi-finalists look like Manchester City, Blackburn Rovers, Brighton and Hove Albion and Manchester United. Which four teams do you think will make it to Wembley? Feel free to get in touch and let us know. As always, the Twitter handle is at pod, or you can email us with your four predictions, pod at gmail.com. It'd be great to receive as many predictions as possible, so make sure to get them sent in before that first game on Saturday evening as well. I'll be checking the times that any messages come in to make sure that you haven't tried to do a sneaky and send them after a couple of the results have been and gone. Anyway, we will be back next week when we'll look back on all four matches. By that point, we'll know those four teams that have booked their dates at Wembley so that the fans of the teams that have made their trips there will have booked hotels, etc. And we'll have a look next week as well to see how those predictions fared. But until then, have a great weekend and enjoy all four games. 